Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. This is a special episode this week. This is number 20. I can't believe I made it this far. Honestly, when you when you start a goal, you start a podcast, or you really start anything, you can't really see the big picture a lot of times, and you're focused on the first episode, and you're really just focused on getting stuff done for that week, and it's been since August that I've been doing this. I'm still going strong. Every single week, I've put out a new episode. It doesn't matter if I can get a guest or I can't. I'm doing it either way. I'm showing up every single week, and I think that's a big core value for me is just showing up and being consistent and doing what I'm saying I'm going to do. And my guest this week, Nate Serwinski, he did talk about that a little bit at the end. And funny backstory about Nate. So I actually met him at the Daytona Beach Airport when we both competed at the American Open Series 3. And I am a complete introvert. I would never introduce myself to a stranger in public, ever, ever. I would, that, the thought of that is so scary to me. And I was following Nate on YouTube for about four months. I came across his, his stuff because he was an Olympic weightlifter. And I was watching all of his videos and I'm sitting at the airport, it's like 5.45 in the morning and he walks by and I'm like, holy shit, I know that kid. I've been watching him on YouTube. And just the dialogue inside my head that I'm like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go up there and say anything. He doesn't, he has no idea who I am. But I decided to do it anyway. I was really scared, but this is something I knew I needed to do. It's kind of weird when, when you're, you're like pushed to do something that you know that you need to do it. And I knew I needed to introduce myself. So we really hit it off. He's a great weightlifter much better than I am. So I pretty much spent the entire episode picking his brain on weightlifting, how he chooses weights, how they train for competition. So it was a really cool one for me. Nate just competed at the American Open Finals. That was something that was a big goal of mine to qualify for. Unfortunately, I did not qualify. So I spent this entire weekend, uh, last weekend, watching everyone compete and I watched Nate and he went six for six. He was one of only four guys to actually do that. So it's incredibly hard to make all your lifts on a national stage. He's just 18 years old. He finished with a uh, bronze medal in the snatch, which is which is insane to think about that a 18 year old kid is competing and better than most uh, males who are in the peak of their career and he's really on the come up. So it was just, awesome episode all around i know the audio quality is not great sometimes with skype there's really nothing you can do but i don't think it ever takes away from any of the content it's just um i'm trying my best to make the make the quality of the podcast better each and every single week but sometimes skype just doesn't doesn't uh line up with what i want to do but other than that i'm going to shoot it over to the interview Nate had a really big announcement in the middle of the episode, so I'll let him share that. And yeah, we'll talk to you guys at the end. This week on the podcast, we have Nate Serwinski, who just competed at the AO Finals. Uh, welcome, Nate. Thanks for joining me this week. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I'll just give a little backstory. So I met you in September, actually, at the airport at Daytona Beach for the American Open Series 3. 
And I was watching your YouTube videos for a couple months before that. And then we actually ran into each other at the airport. So I introduced myself and then been following you ever since. So it's been it's been cool watching you from afar. Yeah, man, it's, it was it was really cool when you came up to me because like I've, I've gained a little more subscribers, but I was I was smaller then, especially in September. But I just never thought that would like actually like happen. You know what I mean? Like or like another weightlifter like actually come up to me in public so it was just i was like what the heck like this is crazy <laughs> like i'm actually am reaching out to people but yeah so then i started following him too and he told me about his story about how like he hated his job he dropped out and started all this stuff and like it even inspired me to like just to, like dive into it and just like go after it so it's pretty sick yeah that's awesome man so let's just get into a little bit about your background, uh, what got you started in weightlifting, um, any sports you played growing up or anything like that. Um, side note, <laughs> this is kind of cool. Um, remember how I was talking about how uh, I was waiting for the call? Yeah. I just I just got the email from uh, just the notification popped up. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. Formal uh, invitation to compete at the 2020 Junior World Championships. Oh, that's so cool. Congrats, man. Thank you. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's really cool. We were just talking about that off air. And uh, Nate actually got the email like right now while we're recording. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, yeah. So, background. Uh, all my life, I like played football through... Before that, I even played soccer, like, up until second grade. Then I wanted to play football for a little longer. So I played football. That was, like, my thing. I wanted to play all through high school. Um, got to freshman year. And after it, I was kind of, like, done with it. I was small. This is – and I, I was kind of just done with it. And plus I had found, like – I was doing CrossFit before that a little bit. So get stronger and get in shape a little better. And then I did my first meet and then qualified for youth nationals. Didn't really know what I, was, what I was doing. Ended up going with like really little experience. And I saw um, the kids there and I was like, this is insane. Like this blew my mind. Like I could travel. And I saw the kids with like the USA singlets. And that was the moment I was like, I I really want to do this. So then after freshman year football, stopped playing, started training like full time, like five, six days a week. And it was my goal to make an international team ever since then, which just happened. And it was tough. Like I was training with the same guy up until sophomore year. Um, who's the guy that got me into it? And I switched over to my current coach right now, Joe Michella because I thought he was a little more qualified and I thought if I wanted to get more serious, I was going to have to go to someone more serious, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. So, and then, yeah, and then here we are today, just went with it. That's really cool. How, what was that process like when you were switching coaches? Was it tough? I know I've went through it once already where it's kind of, weightlifting is very clicky where when you leave one gym, it's kind of, it, it's just yeah. difficult, you know? Um, that wasn't too tough because my it wasn't like a bad ending. 
my the previous coach understood and he basically told me like wherever you're wherever you're gonna go you're gonna be successful I see it in you so I I honestly have like thankfulness for him because he was what really got me into it and he did he did what he could for us he did a lot for us but I just needed a little bit more like serious in a way and uh, I think the harder part was really switching sports because all my friends were in football like no one knew what like weightlifting was it wasn't like school sponsored or anything so it's just and it still isn't like at college so it's just hard getting like the recognition and respect for it, if you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. all my friends were doing one thing, so I felt kind of isolated. But yeah, but as far as switching gyms, it was just it was just kind of different. It just got used to it, but mm-hmm. kind of like took some adjusting. But it was kind it was fairly smooth for the most part. Gotcha. Yeah. And what got you into YouTube? So you do have a YouTube channel. I'll link all that stuff. But um, when did you start posting on YouTube? What made you do that the first time? Um, so it was freshman year. Honestly, I was watching. I freaking loved Christian Guzman, <laughs> that that fitness guy. And I was kind of at that point, I was kind of more into fitness than weightlifting. So I was kind of doing that, but I was still weightlifting on the side, I guess. But um, yeah. So I just started with my phone, and I I made a few like clips and videos and I was honestly so embarrassed in eighth grade and I made them for probably like three months and then I stopped which I really regret because if I I just wonder like if I kept going like where I could be now but then after last year or this year in January I started again I was like you know I'm gonna start and then I've just kept doing it like consistently since January and I, and I plan on keep on doing it just to like grow and like show people you can do it. You know what I mean? That's really cool. You said you started with your phone because I think a lot of people think I got to start with the fancy camera. I got I got to get the lighting. I have to get the audio perfect. And yeah. it's just it just starts with your iPhone. Like 99 percent of the people I know have an iPhone that has a camera yeah, that yeah, you can yeah. literally post with anything. Yeah, and it's not necessarily always the quality of, like, the video. It's kind of your message and your, like, ambience, which people will follow. And I even I even did start with my phone for, like, I was using my phone starting in January for five months, and then I decided, I was like, I'm going I'm to get a camera, and I did, so. But, yeah, you, you did, I did use my phone for a good amount of time, but... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think a lot of people I talk to who are like, oh, yeah, I, I would start a channel, but, you know, I don't have the fancy gear or I don't I don't have the computer to do that. So I can't post. And I'm just like, that's how I started the same way with my iPhone. And you started way younger than me. Like, I know I was super embarrassed the first time I was like filming just yeah. even at the gym where where, you know, everybody and no one cares yeah. that you're filming. But it's like for some reason I would just get like so worked up. I'd be sitting out in the car, like, like, I don't want to film today, but I should. Did you, did you ever have any, any of that in the gym? Like, did people ever make you feel awkward or anything? No, it was, it was kind of awkward. Like the first time I brought it out, especially my camera now. Um, 
but I really noticed it was just all like in your head and you're like you bring it out and you notice like no one really cares but one thing I still don't do is I still like don't I can't vlog in the gym I still need to get over that like you know what I mean I, yeah I haven't gotten over that um but yeah I think the more people at the gym especially I've been seeing my videos especially my coach now they're like they're seeing like what I'm actually doing and I'm just not like recording to record and being distracted like it's an actual i'm actually like putting energy into it and putting effort to like put content out so i think that gives it a little more of like a meaning and also i i still can't freaking vlog at meets i'm still um <laughs> nervous about that <laughs> yeah we were talking about that a little bit before we started but um it's also like a focus thing do, do you have any like when you're going into a meet, do you have any um, superstitions or anything like that? Or do you find that you're kind of relaxed and at some point you think you could just kind of vlog through a meet and not not even think about it? Um, well, I think I, when I'm, I kind of, wait, what am I trying to say? <laughs> as far as like vlogging through the meet, I kind of mean like when I'm like walking around the venue or something. But okay. Like, well, yeah, like when I'm competing, I definitely need to just be like all focused in on competing. You know what I mean? So yeah, like exactly. I, I can't worry about the camera stuff at all when I'm competing. But like as far as walking around like the training hall or or venue, I need to get over that fear, like not caring. Still, so yeah. Yeah, and I think weightlifting is such like a niche sport that you see. Do you watch like Cal Strength at all? A little bit, yeah. So, like, when you see them go to meets, it's, like, you kind of, like, know them a little bit, even though you don't actually know any of them. But it's, like, I've been watching watching them train up for the meet. Weightlifting, uh, like, national events are kind of, like, really weird because everyone knows who everyone is because of, like, Instagram and YouTube. But no one, like, personally knows them. And, like, you'll walk around and say, oh, I know that person, I know that person. But you don't say hi. And, like... They know who you are too, but you just like walk out. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's exactly. Like a really weird feeling. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing uh, Kristen Pope at um at AO3, yeah. and I'm like, I feel like I know her from watching her YouTube, but like I just walk right by her, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get into. So you just competed at AO Finals. I wanted to just cover like the lead up. So what's like the let's say one to two months out what's training looking like um how are you peaking for the competition okay um so we knew the goal for going to ao finals was to qualify for junior worlds um normally the qualification for junior worlds is at junior nationals which is in february but um since junior worlds is in march this year they had to push it back so the final meet would be AO finals to qualify for it. Okay. So we were expecting because we really sat down and like set the goal in June. So we were expecting like eight months to get a, like around a 300 total. But we really had to step on the gas pedal and to do it in six. So it was um, for a good amount of the summer through September, it was uh, high volume. And then probably since like mid September, no, actually, yeah, September hit. I had a last minute to go to AO 
So we just cut off volume and went straight into like competition mode. And ever since then, it's been real, really just, it was heavy singles and heavy doubles. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, it's kind of hard to explain because I had, so like Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, I don't know how you guys structure, but we do, those are like kind of like the heavy days. And then Tuesday, Saturday would be the power days. And then um, squat, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And when I first got here, I was doing it. When I first got to ASU, I was squatting in the mornings at the gym here. Mm-hmm. And then doing my matches and clean and jerks um, in the afternoon for Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But it got to be too much. And I like was getting tendonitis, which I had to like get through this six months and... I actually wasn't squatting as much because of it, so it was just—it was kind of shaky, but it was also like we just had to like adapt the kind of um, training to what I needed. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you guys are you guys snatching and clean and jerking every day? Like you said, Monday, Wednesday, Friday are heavy, but are you guys working on technique variations every single day? Um, I remember there was a good four weeks because like the normal cycle that I've noticed, I don't know, like if this is what Joe's, this is just kind of like what I've noticed from his program. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday will be the main lifts will be snatch, clean and jerk, um, and then a front or back squat on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then depending how close out from a competition, you could be doing above knee or like from the block. And then Friday is usually always from the floor. But for a good four weeks, I remember Monday was um, doing like snatch, push press to overhead squat, and then jerks, and then power snatch, power clean Tuesday. Wednesday was from the ground, both lifts. And then Friday was from the ground, both lifts. So it was just kind of like, it was, I don't know, it was basically just the variation of like the normal cycle, but. Um, yeah, we do normally snatch and clean and jerk every day, but if not, like, on the power days, we'll do, like, a push jerk instead of the split jerk, or, but we usually do snatch clean jerk every day. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, I know weightlifting, I've talked, I've had a few strength coaches on the show, and I think weightlifting coaches are, like, the least likely to tell you their program everyone kind of keeps it secret like oh what are they doing over here what are they doing at this gym yeah but i think like we're all doing the same thing really there's not much too much variation that you can do all right so did you know you needed a 300 total was that the goal going in yeah um well 296 would have been cutting it close and um 300 would have 300 or 300 like four ish would have been super safe um we decided to do 300 because like joe crunched the numbers and that would have been like the perfect not like pushing it too much where there's like the potential to miss but also like pushing it so it's like we're in a solid position um because there's we the first goal was to be because obviously the first 81 is going to be uh, Harrison. Mm-hmm. There's a Dave Stanley. Have you heard of him? No. Nah. He's out of Team Buford. 
he goes to CJ's gym. He's a he's a really strong kid. He's only seventeen. Okay. His total was two eighty eight. He snatched like one thirty five before. So we know we knew we needed to beat him. Uh, and we he was on like the start list, but then he wasn't. So then that like got cleared up. But as far as like the Roby points went, we knew we needed no matter what we we're gonna need like three hundred to get on the team. I really like you're around 300 to get on the team. So are you going in when when you're um going in for the meet? Does your coach say these are the exact numbers we need to hit? Um, not really. Like I I kind of do have like a an idea of what I'll be opening up with. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, cause like if I knew I needed 300, then It'll be like it could be like 25, 30, 34 ish, or it could be like 25, 30, like 33, which I did, mm-hmm. and that means we need 167 on clean and jerk to get that, which I did on the third attempt. So we took a little bit smaller jumps on the clean and jerk than normal, but which was good because we were like in the driver's seat and we could control it, and it was um it wasn't as like high of a risk, so it was a lot more controlled. Um. So, like, I do have a general idea, but I don't really know, like, the final, like, the third attempts. I do, I do have a more general idea of, like, the first, but, um, like, as far as the second and third, anything could happen. Especially when, like, when you're competing with someone or mm-hmm. against someone, which I was expecting to with that date kid. I was ex- being expecting to go back and forth with him to try to win that second spot on the team. So I was just kind of trying to prepare for, like, any situation. Gotcha. Yeah. And I was looking at the the results. So you were one of only four men to actually go six for six, which is which is amazing. Anyone, <laughs> any one of our listeners who doesn't know, so you get three attempts in the snatch, you get three attempts in the clean and jerk. It's not often, especially at these national meets, that you go six for six. Is that something your coach is priding you on? that, hey, we're going to go in, we're going to make all of our lifts, or I just want to, like, know the strategy of your coach, because some coaches might say, hey, we need a 300 total, let's open at your third attempts and just give you three shots to do it. Well, um, yeah, we, we tend to open a little, like, lighter, because consistency we believe like consistency in making lifts is like super super important and that comes with like confidence and that comes with like proper preparation because there's really like no point in opening like super heavy if you're just gonna like because it's it's a really high chance of bombing out because at least if you open a little lighter you are you're on the board and maybe you could even come back in clean jerks if you're having like a great clean and jerk day. But um, just I've I don't know I've been it's kind of hard to explain because I I feel like I've been on a little because I went six for six in Dota, uh, Daytona, so it's just I kind of gotten like a good rhythm of like competing like you just I don't know what I'm trying to say here because like when you open up lighter and it it feels good then you're like okay i'm ready for the next one and then you all you got to do is focus on that next weight one at a time as opposed to like okay i got what i'm trying to say here (laughs) 
you open up super heavy, um, you're gonna you're not as confident. You know what I mean? Like you have that little like voice in your head. But when you open up lighter, you're you're just like ready to attack it. So um, it's just basically higher chance of making lifts, and that's something Joe really pushes is um, consistency. Cause like what, something he always tells me all the time is like consistency builds champions. Like even in training, um, the goal is to never miss. Like mm-hmm. no matter how heavy it is, no matter like if it's a light day or you always want to be making your lifts. And cause that really translates over into the competition. Prepared well and you're confident for this and you're like ready for it. Makes yeah. Sense. And I think that's something you have to be taught because I know for me yeah. in Daytona, I I had in my mind these numbers that I wanted to hit and I opened heavier than my coach told me to. I kind of oh. said, you know, I feel good. And then I missed my opener and then it's like, oh shit, I might not make a snatch. So mm-hmm. I think that when you when you do open up a little bit lighter, it does build that confidence. So I think that's something that we can all take away. Anyone who's a weightlifter that hey, it's okay to open up three to five kilos below what you're comfortable with because you still have those second and third attempts to make. Because, like, for example, I was – I don't remember, but I remember I was – for my first attempt, I was out pretty early on in the snatch. Mm -hmm. And what I tell myself is, like, don't worry about – because usually the people who are, um, like, come out last are like, oh, they're going to, like, be the the podium people or whatever. Yeah. But – I think I was like third, fourth, or something pretty early. Maybe even, yeah, probably like third or fourth out for my first attempt. And I ended up getting bronze in the snatch. So, like, it's because people open heavy and then they, they only make like their first or they miss it, they make their second and they miss their third. Like, because really consistency is what is going to get you on like the top spot. Because my third attempt was eight kilos away from my first so like someone could open at 130 missed it made it then missed their third and they only made 130 you know what i mean so like yeah. the consistency is really important and like that is something we like try to hammer in everyone i think at joe's and he tries to hammer into everyone mm-hmm. so what's your mindset like in between lifts so especially between your first and second you probably had a little bit of a, a longer wait so are you listening to music are you just kind of focusing um, I, in the earlier years when I was competing, like say like two or three years ago, I used to listen to music, but I kind of found out that like it distracts me, especially from hearing, uh, Joe, like say when to take this or like when he's trying to talk to me. So I usually, now I don't, um, listen to anything. I just kind of try to feel like the energy of the venue and like the competition and, and what I noticed last year at AO3, so 2018, that was my meet that I was coming back from my energy or my injury. And I was way too hyped up for that meet. Like I was way too excited. I was bouncing off the walls. And I noticed that I, I got up here and then I crashed. So like, and I had like no energy. So mm-hmm. what I try to do is I try to only get like super, super focused and ready right before I go out. You get these little bursts, and then you come down. And then you get these little bursts of energy, and then you come down when you're waiting. Like, it's safe. You're, like, 
you have six attempts, seven attempts between your second and third, you really need to like calm down and focus. Like I had to take between my first and second, I actually took 25 again. Uh-huh. And I, I come down and I try to like really just kind of be brain dead in a sense and not think. And then when I'm getting ready to take my third, that's when you start getting like the little, the hype up feelings and like you can do this and all this and like just go out there and freaking, you know what I mean? So that's something I definitely had to learn was the um, trying to perfect like the, I think it's called performance arousal. It's like okay. the perfect zone where you're not too hyped and you're not too like a mellow. So yeah, yeah that's kind of my strategy is I just kind of try to like treat it like a wave. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's a really cool perspective to listen to. So you went, um, ended with 133 in the snatch, which is 292 pounds. So how much do you weigh? Uh, I weighed 176 that okay. day. So it was like 80 kilos. Yeah. Okay. That's incredibly strong for people who don't know what a snatch is. You have to look it up on YouTube. It's hard to explain it, but... <laughs> That's an incredibly strong lift. So you mentioned you got the bronze medal in the snatch mm-hmm. out of, do you know how many competitors there were? In that session, I think there was like 11 or 12. And I think the number of people there was like 81s was like 40 something. And you're by far the youngest person in that category, don't you think? Uh... I think I was yeah, I think I was the youngest in the A session. I'm not too sure about the other ones though. I think there was a few other like I think there was a kid named Connor Sparks who's eighteen who competed in the B session, but I think for the most part, yeah. I think so. Yeah, that's that's amazing. It's it is really it's cool to hear and especially for me, it's motivating just watching just watching those A sessions at at a meet like that and just seeing how perfect that people's technique can get and i know the commentators i don't know if you if you saw the the replay of the meet but they were uh hyping up your your technique a lot (laughs) (laughs) you said yeah so you'll definitely have to listen to that back so okay so you do the snatch you go three for three clean and jerk at that point do you know like we're gonna we're gonna take these jumps that you're gonna go to 67 is that Um, the only goal on your mind i think i knew okay well i knew i was open up at uh 60 so or 160 and i didn't really know like what if i was gonna go 60 to 65 and 70 because it was a goal to clean and jerk 70 at this meet but also the priority was 300 so you kind of have to like pick and choose um but we ended up taking 63 after 160 because there were so many people opening up in between 65 and 160 that would have been a a really long wait Mm -hmm. between the first and second attempt so it was just more worth it to take the smaller jump to 63 uh just kind of like because we weren't really we weren't really trying to be anyone we're going after like uh a total and i think that co- kind of comes back to that six for six thing i think it is easier when you're going after kind of like a total to go six for six 
rather than when you're competing against someone because when you're like competing against someone you may have to take a six seven kilo jump you may have to like there's a, just a lot more things you can't control when you're mm. competing against someone so um yeah after the 63 i didn't know if i was gonna take 68 or 67 i just i kind of knew the general area but i was just trying to focus on it as one lift at a time not get ahead of myself because i do i do notice in the past when i think about i'd be opening and then i wouldn't even think about my second attempt i think about my third attempt and that and then you mess up your second attempt so like this sport is really crazy how like you can't really um you have to learn like the only way you're going to learn from it is like when you're actually competing and you just get those more competitions on your belt and more national meets on your belt and then it kind of comes more like okay this is my mental game right now so yeah and nothing's guaranteed every single time you take a lift it's going to feel a little bit different yeah. i know um at national meets so i think i've done three so far and you kind of you might feel great warming up and then you get out on the platform and it just feels, it just feels. You're frozen. What's your thought when you're about to approach a lift? Oh, you, you froze up for a second. What was that? <laughs> okay. So what what I was asking was when you're approaching the bar, is there anything going through your mind when you're about to take a lift? Um, I really, for, it's kind of weird for me. My grip on the bar is like a really like important thing, so I really try to focus to make sure I get that, and I really try to focus my start. And if like my my back is solid, my like my chest is up, and I have a good starting position, I really just Kind of try not to think and just and just let it happen if that makes sense because mm-hmm. the more i do think the more i overthink and then you get that little bit of doubt that creeps in your the back of your head so that's also why i try to like not sit on the bar for a long time and mm-hmm. just grab it set up and go so there's just no no time for any doubt to like seep into your head yeah for sure and i i i've done it personally where you kind of grab the bar and then that that split second where you're like maybe maybe I'm not going to make this. Yeah, yeah. And that, then you're screwed at that point. Especially in training. That happens to me a lot more in training than competition. Mhm. Yeah. And I think well you you also know how to compete by playing other sports. So I think it's huge mm-hmm. that people come into weightlifting playing mm-hmm. playing team sports cuz you know how to how to compete and to like you said, the arousal for a competition. Like if you don't know that and then you walk out on the platform, it's definitely going to be a bigger challenge than someone who came in playing baseball or soccer or football in your case. Yeah. So what plans do you have for the future? You got Junior Worlds coming up that's uh, sealed in the bag. So what's um, what's your plans for YouTube, for just training in general? And you're still in college, so I didn't mention that before. I'll mention that in the intro. But, yeah, so what's your plans for the future? Um, well, I'm probably right for the time being. Just enjoy these few little days. Enjoy December. Then uh, for YouTube, kind of finish out this, the video I'm currently editing. Hopefully that is uh, will turn out really good. Because I'm kind of nervous 
that because the beginning to me is like really solid. I'm kind of nervous that it's gonna like beginning's gonna be super strong and it's gonna like get worse. So I'll try my best for that not to happen. But um, yeah, so finish that out. Um, I think I'm gonna go to junior nationals in February, but we'll probably train through that and then peak for worlds, and then college. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to keep going with it, I guess, because I don't know. I mean, because a degree is helpful, but it is it is a pain in the butt sometimes, especially because, like, it takes time away from doing, uh, like, YouTube stuff and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm planning on making a, a lead-up for, for Junior Worlds. But hopefully, I'll be a lot more consistent of like just daily stuff like like the normal videos i had posted because mm-hmm. i don't think i have to really worry about because this meet i didn't really want anyone to see what i was like my training numbers but at at the junior world championships i don't think it'll matter as much so i think i'll be able to like post a little more for that and cool. then, yeah just keep going with the flow Try to grow everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And where's your um your YouTube and Instagram so people can find you after this episode? Um, my Instagram is at Nate Sirwinski, and then my YouTube is the uh, same Nate Sirwinski too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I can link all that in the show notes. I just want to thank you for making the time to do this. I know you have a final tonight. And I just want to say congratulations on uh, making t- the junior world team. That's such an awesome accomplishment. And I'm glad it happened to be on the show that you found out. It was pretty cool. All right. Well, I will definitely stay updated on your YouTube and stuff and look forward to all this stuff you're going to put out in the future. Hey, thank you, bro. You too, man. Hey, keep doing your thing. Keep putting these podcasts out. I like the Instagram page. Um, I'm freaking like you're really inspiring me because like you're you're like consistent with everything like you you say you're gonna like do all these things and you're like keep on doing them and and you just there's no other way to like I'm noticing it is to make it than just keep doing it you know what I mean yeah like, exactly no matter what anyone says like you just have to keep going and and this this also like applies to weightlifting because I remember like three years ago I didn't even qualify for the, like two years ago I didn't even qualify for the American Open I was in like the youth session and I was and I was in the B session and and I'd go to these competitions and I'd like it like hurt me you know what I mean and mm-hmm. you just store it up and you just you just train with it and then you just work hard and it comes like there's your card is gonna come like there's, there's no other way around it and yeah i really i really see stuff paying off for you and it's i'm excited to watch i'm excited to watch your podcast grow like you just got a thousand plays i'm excited to watch your, your youtube channel grow and i'm ex- i'm excited to see your progress and everything too so it's, it's gonna be pretty sick yeah thanks so much dude i appreciate that and okay. yeah again i appreciate you coming on making the time so everyone uh, go follow Nate and I will link all that in the show notes. All right. Again, thanks so much to Nate for coming on the show. Go to his YouTube channel right now. Click that subscribe button. 
He puts out a lot of awesome content. I'm really excited for his American Open final video that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. He puts a ton of effort into editing and making sure everything looks really crisp and clean for YouTube. And if you guys like the show, make sure to give it a five-star rating on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow all my social media accounts. I'll put them in the show notes as well. I'm looking forward to another episode next week, and then we have Christmas after that. Be on the lookout for a book review. I posted that on the podcast Instagram. It's at Better Than Yesterday Pod. That I'm going to do a bonus episode each month from here on out to do a book review. So this uh, this month is going to be The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I mentioned that in the last podcast. So I thought it'd be cool to do a bonus episode. I don't know what day it'll be coming out, probably a Thursday or Friday, but I will do a book review of some books that I think everyone should read and I think that everyone can learn from. So be on the lookout for that. I just appreciate every single person who's listening to the show week in and week out. I appreciate everyone who puts it on their Instagram story and helped me grow it just a little bit. And yeah, it's been... a amazing road so far and I look forward to keeping the journey going. So I will talk to you guys next week.